from Silicon Valley, California. This is Fresh Dialogues. This week, we talked to Kevin Serace, CEO of Serious Materials, a Silicon Valley producer of eco-friendly building products. Kevin talks about the impact of Al Gore's movie in creating a market for green products and how his company is using social media to get its message out. Are consumers willing to pay a premium for green? We discuss all this and more in this week's Fresh Dialogues. The interview was recorded at Serious Materials in Sunnyvale on June 30th, 2009. Today I am with Kevin Sures, who is CEO of Serious Materials, and we're meeting at his office in Sunnyvale. So Kevin, you are known as a leading speaker and writer on climate change and the built environment. Can you tell me where your motivation came to get into this sector? It's a great question. Um, I am sure there were a lot of people that you know, sort of grew up as... Um, environmentalists, et cetera. But I, I, unfortunately, I can't tell you that that was my background. But over time, a couple of things happened. One, having uh, two kids. My kids are older now. But when you have children, you start to think about what world are you leaving them. And that's one. And I think that affects everybody. <clears throat> the second thing is that I got into the materials business in 2002. I come from IT, like many people in clean tech, and thought that uh, we would do some, some really uh, great things to the built environment. Uh, but energy was just sort of one of them until around... I want to say about 2005. Now, by 2005, there was much more awareness of the climate change issue. Gore's movie was on its way. And I can tell you that even the term clean tech really wasn't a term before that. And so while we sit here today and say green energy or clean tech or all these things, you know, you go to the early 2000s, those were not terms. There was no money in it. There was no business in it. And, and there were no customers for it. And so, you know, if I sat here and said, well, in 2002, I had the great vision to design energy-saving building materials, I, there, there was no market in 2002. People would think I'm nuts. But come 2005, it was clear that's the climate change issue had come to front of mind on scientists' mind at the UN, in the world, Kyoto Protocol, otherwise. And then by 06, uh, we began coming out with a variety of, of products from our energy-efficient windows, uh, super-insulating windows, to working on EcoRock and other materials. Kevin, was there a particular event or person who influenced you at that time? Well, I, I would, you know, political statements aside, I'd say that Al Gore's movie, An Inconvenient Truth, uh, was influential. Probably less personally and more from a business standpoint. Because when that movie came out, it allowed the American public to get the story in a way they never got it before. And that's when I could step back and say, there's an opportunity here to actually make a difference. And so after that, LEED took off, Green Building took off. Uh, there, was, there became an awareness that buildings, uh, which are our largest contributor, you know, were something that we could address. And so that had a profound impact, not just on me, but on the entire industry. And, and that's very, very crucial. One of the things I did was spend some time with some friends that, that are at NASA and, and actually look at this data raw. And I can tell you that as scary as, or as the IPCC curves are, when you really look at the raw data, you know, everything's happening five to ten times faster than the IPCC even said it was going to. So this is extremely scary. And that really wakes you up when you see, when you really see what's happening. It's all going faster. So we've got to do something. Mm. So you feel there's a real urgency there? Oh, my goodness, yes. Mm -hmm. And how is Serious Materials offering a solution? Well, the first thing you, you have to do is step back to what I said earlier about the built environment. So the built environment means homes and businesses. 
And it turns out that uh, by far, that combination is by far the largest contributor to CO2. By far. Now, everyone thinks it's cars. I know everyone thinks it's cars. And in this country, cars are bigger than they are in most of the world. But it turns out passenger cars on a worldwide basis, passenger cars, responsible for 9% of the world's energy-based CO2. Buildings are 52%, 40% to operate our buildings every year and 12% to make our building materials, which includes cement and drywall and other things. You talk to uh, Vinod Kozla, VK, and, and he clearly uh, talks about his cement uh, company and how bad cement is. Cement might be 5 6 7% of the world's CO2 right there. So our buildings are by far the big contributor, 52% versus 9% for cars. Buildings are six times larger than cars, six times larger. So you really have to wake up and say, you know, first of all, let's raise the awareness on this issue. Second of all, let's give people some solutions. Let's give them things they can do. So you say your mission is simple, to reduce CO2 emissions by 1 billion tons annually. How are you measuring that? Where are your metrics? <clears throat> yeah, so first of all, that's a, that's a ridiculous and audacious goal. But we think we can get there in 12 to 15 years. We uh, actually measure it uh, daily and publish it on the web. It's right on our homepage. So uh, we measure that, ba- for the most part, based on what someone else would have bought instead of our product. So if they get one of our high R-value windows, not one, but if they do a whole house or they do a whole building in that, it saves X amount of energy. We know how much energy that saves. We know how much of that is tied to carbon. And, uh, and because of that, we can estimate how much is saved across all our you know, now 50,000 projects of, of products that are in, in those projects. And so that ticker goes along, uh, you know, with an algorithm every day, and then that gets updated once a quarter or so based on what's shipping. So, so are you comfortable with its accuracy? Oh, I'm really comfortable with its accuracy. Yeah, no, I, I think it's good. I think it's conservative. We're only at 2.3 or 2.4 billion pounds right now, so we've got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're on our way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're on our way. And, and if if you could do that kind of number anywhere, it's only in the built environment. It's the only only way you'll get there. there so was all a, your productions in, in the, the United States. States. That's right. We have okay. five plants in it's the United States. Uh, we don't make our products in, in, uh, in China. The, some equipment was made in China because that equipment is no longer made in the United States. We have no choice. It, it, the equipment itself can't be made here. So that equipment is all sitting in Sunnyvale, California, right next to us here. And uh, EcoRock is made here as, as our higher value ones. But we have five plants around the country all making product for North America. Now let's talk about the price pricing. Mm-hmm. Consumers obviously are becoming more green, but have you found that they're willing to pay a premium? Nope. They are not willing to pay a premium, and I don't think they'll ever pay a premium. That's, that's our that's, take. That's been our take from day one. EcoRock is priced uh, the same as other mold-resistant drywall, so there is no premium on it if, if you've already chosen sort of mold-resistant product. Now, if you're, if you're comparing it against a non-mold-resistant low-end you know, product, well, that's not, that's not a comparison that I would make because it's not a product that we sell today. But in the mold resistant category, we're priced the, the same. When you look at our windows, they offer a different kind of value. So you'll get your money back through energy savings, typically one year, two year, three years, depending on where you are in the country. So what kind of premium are you are, are well, paying? Uh, well, we call it a first cost. So the first cost might be the same to 20% or 30% higher uh, than something that performs half as much. So, I mean, there are window products out there for homes uh, that are the same price as ours uh, that perform half as well as ours do. So in commercial real estate and lead building and green building, there's an understanding of full, what's called full-frame R-value. It's the R-value of a window. You, you know what that is. And dual-pane windows were invented in 1865. 18, not That's 19, 1865. Something. And typically have an R-value of between R2 and R3. Very, very low. Your walls are probably R15. So really bad. 
And uh, these have been passed off as energy efficient with the Energy Star label even for 20 years. And it's just, and they're junk. And I could take you through all the reasons why that is. Everyone knows they are. Everyone knows that that's 140 years old, except the consumer who's been sort of kept in the dark. You know, you can't blame those companies. That's what they make, and 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 that's what they have to sell. Uh, but we we need to educate consumers to ask the question: What is the full frame R value of this window? And I want to see the tester. I want to see the the guarantee or whatever. We've got windows from R5 to R11 full frame. Uh, our nearest competitors end around R3. So you know, we're two times, three times, four times better. So for say, I wanted to buy your windows. How long is the payback? You know, for the premium. Great question. So it depends on where you're located. In the Bay Area, it might be 20 years or 15 years, but in the Northeast, it might be one year or two oh. years. So it really depends on where you're located, um, how insulated your walls are, what percentage windows you have. You know, old homes have 15% windows, newer homes, 30 to 40% windows. So all of these are, mm-hmm. are criteria. Uh, but, but it's easily modeled. We model this all the time. We understand this well. We were involved in the zero energy homes that the DOE built. They actually built homes that take no energy at all. They're neutral. They produce some energy during the days. They take some at night, but they're overall neutral. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot we can already do, but windows turn out to be the big heat loss in most homes, especially in the winter, and cooling loss in the summer. Okay, and let's talk about the press. You're very media-friendly. Can you talk about how you're using old media and new media to get your message out? So we blog, we Twitter, <laughs> we Facebook. We use uh, web publications, web articles. We do an awful lot with the web. Now, that's, that's unusual in the, in the building material space, but it's very important to us because uh, we feel that our constituents are educated. They get it. Uh, they're going to be on the web. Uh, they want to see video. They want to hear audio. They, you know, I mean, you're on the web. That's, that's, that is new media today. You know, we've done a little bit with older media, obviously print. I mean, we've, we've had great newspaper articles. And, uh, but generally, we think that, you know, many of the eyeballs, if you just look at the the numbers are moving. Eyeballs and ears have moved to the web in a variety of ways. And we have to go with that because if our audience is on Twitter, then we need to be on Twitter. And we've got thousands and thousands of followers of us on Twitter now, of all things. And um, do you do your tweets or do you have people? Uh, so I have my own Twitter account, which I will do. That's mine. I do do. But I don't do them often. And then for the company, I don't do them. There's, there's a team here that, that, that does those almost regularly and blogs, etc. I see them before they go out, but I, I don't. I don't write most of them. So you myself. get to approve all the tweets, do you, Kevin? I I approve most of them. I, I'm a tweet approver, <laughs> but I do see most of them. Uh, but we have a great marketing team here that that leverages new media. But I'm on Facebook. I'm heavily on Facebook. Uh, I use Facebook more than I I say I use Twitter. But uh, trust me, my life isn't that interesting to follow. And tell me about the future. What you know, you're talking about getting into Europe at some stage. But what what are the milestones you're anticipating for this year and and in the 2010? Well, look, you know, this is a venture-backed company. It's backed by venture and private equity. It has uh, substantial backers that need to see continued growth and need to ultimately see an exit for them. And so over the next many years, I mean, you build these companies uh, towards a potential IPO. It doesn't mean that that's ultimately the direction you go, but you build it towards that. You are ready for whatever life brings you, if that's uh, M&A, if it's independence, if it's an IPO, if it's whatever. And over the next five years, you know, one of those things will surely happen. But we're just, you know, hunkered down and growing a great business. We're, uh, we've increased our capacity about 10x over a year ago. So we are ready for the, you know, for the onslaught here. And actually, we've been very, very busy. 
you know, our business virtually doubled this year over last year. Uh, I That's don't incredible know. given this economy. I know. I don't know. I, I mean, e- even the other really good players are down somewhere between 20 and 50%, and we're just, we just keep growing. But, but our products save people money. And if they don't save people money today, they save it within a year or two. And, and that's a fast enough, or sometimes three or four, but that's a fast enough payback for people to make the plunge. Well, Kevin, Ceres, I really appreciate you taking the time My for pleasure. Fresh Dialogues. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Fresh Dialogues. This is Alison Van Diggelen. For more lively interviews with Jack Welch, Guy Kawasaki, and many more leaders, go to freshdialogues.com. With special thanks to Tom Kromkowski and Carol Pecora for technical support, and Kevin McLeod, who wrote and produced our music. Music.